I'm Sugar. And I'm Spice. And sometimes parenting's not so nice. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So first of all, I am so glad that we are having this particular uh, conversation. Um, Today we will be talking about uh, family and we, well, family and friends, I guess, loved ones. Um, But I do want to apologize, everybody. This this episode is a little late because of me. Um, I had my power go out one week and then I ended up in labor and delivery the next week and um, it's just been kind of a, a, a cluster it, and you you know how mom life goes it never stops it never ends so I did want to I did want to apologize to everybody for this episode being so late yeah life happens we all know that so let's get started in talking about what just dealing with families as parents in general. Like oh, that feedback you get. Oh yeah. Cause that, that, that can definitely be a thing. Um, I know with all of my pregnancies and all of my parenting experience I've had, whether a step parent or a biological parent, Somebody always has something to say, and it always seems to be the people who don't got their together that always has the most to say, and sometimes that's family. Oh, most definitely. The opinions that I get about how I raise my children, because I raise them differently than someone else might say, but that's what works for our family, yeah, and people don't seem to get that. It's like every different strokes for different folks. Um, I know for me, wh- the first time that I like came into contact with a situation like this was actually with um, a family member who I I, I super love, and um, you know I, I I I love her dearly, but I wanted to cloth diaper. And it turned into a knockout drag down fight. Because unfortunately, one thing about me is I, if you fall for something, I can't remember the phrase. If you, if you don't, if you don't stand up for, you know, something, you'll fall for everything or whatever the case may be. And um, it, it's just not in my nature to back down for whatever reason. Um and I'm like, I want a cloth diaper. And I was told that I was I was trying to be a hippie and be on fad and all that other stuff. And I'm just like, and and I'm just like, that's not true. It's better for the environment. It's better for my children's skin. It it's like even I use reusable menstruation products, and I know going from my plastic uh, feminine products to cloth products have definitely helped me out, especially having like rashes and stuff like that. It's been helpful. So why wouldn't I want that for my children? Plus, I mean, come on, let's be honest. You, you, you do gain a little bit more laundry, but you save more money for diapers. I think in the first year they say somewhere around $2,200 in diapers. Does that sound about right? Oh yeah. Um, and if you have a special needs kid, mm-hmm. it, my daughter 
uh, M goes through about 600 diapers a month. Oh, Lord. She had, she had to be changed a lot more frequently than most uh, children uh, for her first few months before she had gotten her colostomy bag. And then after she got her colostomy bag, when that thing popped, you had to change the diaper anyway. So oh. even now she goes through quite a few. And then when you have special needs children who don't potty train, as young as neurotypicals, my um, autistic son, L, just potty trained last year. He's six Ooh. years old now. So it was, mm, got to give props to Blippi because those Blippi underwear, that was what got it. Like he wanted those. And I told him if he pottied in them, I was going to throw them away. My um, man, Blippi, he's making things happen. I exactly. still need whatever he whatever he puts in his coffee in the morning. I still need some of it, but my man Blippy. Well, and see, you had that with wanting to cloth diaper, and I had the opposite. For me, the extra expense of using disposable diapers was needed due to like I had two kids and both of them were in diapers, and now I have four kids and three of them are in diapers and cloth diapering that mountain of laundry is already too high. So I had made the decision to use disposable diapers. Well, I'd been told that was the wrong choice because, well, you know, I use cloth diapers and that was just so fantastic for us. And it saved us. Great. That's what worked for you. That doesn't mean it's going to work for everyone. And oh, then absolutely. when my you know, my daughter was born with her medical stuff. They told us we were not allowed to cloth diaper because of the possible infection risk if they are not sterile. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, and I completely agree with you. Like, and I, I just want it to be said. So, cause I don't want anyone to take any offense to what I'm saying. Like I'm not going, Oh, cloth diapers all or nothing. Uh, I can, I can honestly say for my daughter P Oh, uh-uh. That for, you know, what little time I had with her, I knew that for the first, until I got comfortable, she was going to be in disposables. Why? Because sometimes taking that shortcut is what mommy needs for her mental health. And it is okay to do whatever you need to do for your mental health. Like, and you know, it's kind of funny because that rolls right into this uh, whole thing about uh, escaping, you know, the negative feedback. I just want to start off this podcast six, six or seven minutes in um, <laughs> by saying that doing whatever you have to do to maintain, salvage, rebuild, or protect your mental health is the right thing to do. Blood, water, friendship, 30-year friendship, um, been to the military together, went to the trenches, whatever you want to call it, like they were shooting in the gym with you, whatever terminology you use for uh, bond your bondage with someone else. I like to say trauma bonded. I'm trauma bonded to a lot of my friends. Um, it is okay to do whatever you have to do to keep yourself together because you have to love you. And when you put people in their place and you set boundaries, you're not saying you don't love them. And a lot of people think that for some reason, but that you're not saying I don't love you. You're just saying I love me, my mental health and my peace more. That's all you're saying. And you need to have that because 
let's be honest, a lot of people, they disrespect boundaries because they think, well, you know, it doesn't apply to me. That wouldn't apply to me. If I tell you not to kiss my baby's face, I don't care if you're grandma or auntie or uncle or my friend or a neighbor or a stranger in the dang grocery store don't kiss my baby's face like that is a boundary that I've always had set with my uh infants when they're really little don't be kissing on their face don't be playing with their hands because germs they put those hands right in their mouth and then you wind up with a sick sick baby um, and they get sick anyway so it's like you get a you got a sick baby who doesn't even need to be sick because they're already going to be sick. So it's like, that was one illness we could have avoided had you just followed my boundaries and not kissed my baby like I asked you. Well, yeah, and is I ha- unfortunately have newborn infants when cold and flu season starts. Oh. I twice now have had an infant get RSV and wind up in the hospital. Oh, good. And it's so there's reasons for these boundaries and people thinking, well, one, it doesn't apply to me because I'm X person in your life. Yeah, it applies to you. If I told you it, it applies to you. And two, there is a valid reason for boundaries. We're not making these up out of nowhere because we want to make your life harder. Oh, absolutely. There's a reason for them and you got to respect it. I won't. If I even think I might be getting sick, I'm not going around someone else who has a baby or who's immunocompromised. That's a boundary I've set for myself. It's one that a lot of parents set. Don't come around my kid if you're sick. But that's one that I respect regardless if it's my niece or well, I don't have any grandchildren, but if it's my niece or my nephew or my friend's baby who might as well be my niece or my godson's I'm not going around them if I'm sick oh no I totally understand and I don't understand the people who do and it's like you know you're sick why introduce it and you know um my girl P she was technically she was a preemie um a a late preemie of course because she was 36 5 either 36 4 36 5 and um, a family member of mine, again, that I love so dearly, like she was very upset that I didn't want to bring my two week old baby around a multitude of people. And mind you, when I had pee, COVID was still, I'm not going to, it was not at its peak because at that point we had had vaccinations and everything like that. But we were still kind of in the the throes of everything. It's only kind of just started coming down this year, 2023. I had her in 2022. And she was very upset with me because she's like, you're not, why, 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 why are you hiding the baby? And it's like, well, I'm not making enough breast milk for her to have breast milk so she can have an immune system and she's brand new and I don't want a sick baby. And yeah, I don't, I, I, in my head, I didn't feel like I was wrong for saying that. No, you're definitely not. And I mean, yes, kids, babies, they're going to get sick, but if you can prevent it, you're going to do it. And that is a boundary that should have been set. And to have people go and try to undermine you, I cannot stand underminers. Like I will tell, "Mm, it's typically either L or X that I'm telling something to. And then someone will come up, oh no, it's fine. They can do that at my house. I don't care if they can do it at your house. 
they're my children. They can't, they can't do it at mom, though. my house. Therefore, they're not allowed <laughs> to do it anywhere else. Absolutely. 1,000%. 1,000% agree with you. Now, I will say this. I am guilty of being that person who does, in fact, say, oh, your child can do it at my house. But, but... I want I I, I kind of want to defend myself here. Mm-hmm. When I say that, I want the parent to know, hey, I'm not upset or whatever the case may be, but I'm also not going to be like, oh, let them do it, like you know, because it's okay. Da, da, da. No, 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 no. All I want the parent to know is, you know, hey, this is not going to turn into an argument. We're not going to like have a bad break in our friendship or anything over this if it's okay with you it's okay with me yeah like yeah in that way yeah 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 Yeah, and like i i i'm totally down for that because again i do and for someone to try to undermine me as you know i have a very laxed parenting style i do was it somebody called them uh free range children (laughs) my children you have free range organic children my children are not entirely free ranged, but I do allow them to make their own mistakes, to learn their own lessons. I'm not going to bubble wrap my children because then they aren't going to be ready to do things on their own. And especially with L and having autism, he needs to know how to do a lot of things on his own because most people are going to expect him not to be able to do those. And I'm trying to raise him to be independent. I do not want him to have to go to one of the autism homes because he is high functioning, I guess is what they say. Technically, he's a level two is the actual, like where he actually is on the spectrum is a level two. I guess it used to, um, they used to call it like high functioning. I'm not a fan of that word because it seems like anybody who's not is low functioning, but that's not the case. There's a wide spectrum, but most people hear the word autism and they're like, oh, that kid's never going to be able to take care of themselves. It doesn't even matter anymore. But it does. He will be able to take care of himself. He knows how to, he's six years old. He knows how to do dishes. Granted, they're supervised because he's six, but he knows how to wash dishes. I'm teaching him to do things because he's going to need to know them. And so, but yes, I do can technically, a lot of people have told me it's called free range children. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I absolutely love that whole thing. It's like free range children. <laughs> I, I looked into free range children and most of those kids don't actually have rules. It's, it's more oh. of a permissive parenting style. And that's not what I do. I have rules. You have to follow your rules. But I do allow them to make their own mistakes. Obviously not to the point of, oh, you think it's funny to run away from mommy? Okay, well, when you get hit by a car, bummer. That's not going to happen. No, when it comes to safety, I step in. But if my kid's running around a yard, running around in circles, they're going to get dizzy. I'm not going to stop them. Oh, absolutely. Because, again... I am pro FIFO parenting. You gonna f around and you gonna find out. But I am never gonna let you put yourself in harm's way, like real harm. Because yeah, they run around in circles, they get dizzy, they go boom. But you know, what what's what's a little dirt on a butt? 
Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, so I, as, as you know, I have some pretty toxic family that we, I tried going low contact with at first, but I have had to go no contact with, um, because every time it was just, it became a battle for my own sanity when dealing with them. And these are people who other people raised their kids. Yeah. But they still have opinions on my parenting. Um, like, you know, one person in particular that we recently went no contact with because they didn't raise their children. Someone else raised their children. Well, their spouse raised their children. But they seem to have all of the um, opinions on how to raise my children. And they don't have any special needs kids. And they seem to think what we are doing is wrong. I love people who throw in their opinions to a situation that they couldn't. It, it's almost akin to marriage counselors who are, are singular divorce. <laughs> yeah, like the ones who are not married. Like I have a family member who is a um, a master psychologist who does marital and children therapy, and this this family member doesn't have any children, nor have they ever been married. And it's just like, how can you teach me to do something that you have never done? So all of the information you're giving me is book information and anecdotal like stuff. Like you, you can't give me, you have never walked in my shoes. How can you tell me what to do? Like, I would never trust, I would never, okay. This is no judgment to anyone who is vegan or vegetarian or pescatarian. I can never say it. It's uh, people who only eat fish. Pescatarian. Pescatarian. Thank you. I would never trust them to grill a steak for me. Why? Because it's not what they do. It's like, don't tell me how to do something that you've never done. That's like me saying, oh, well, I'm a nurse, so I could totally, like, put a muffler on a car. Nope, that's not even my area of expertise. Oh, exactly. Yeah, no, I, you don't go to your doctor to repair your vehicle, just like you wouldn't go to a mechanic to get stitches. Okay, well, it depends on how rural of an area you're in, but I'm going <laughs> to let that slide. I'm going to let that slide, because I do, in fact, know a mechanic who can throw in some good stitches, but in his defense, he was actually a um, a Navy corpsman, so okay. that might be that. <laughs> okay, but that means he has experience in the field. Okay, so maybe if I had to. Um, yeah. But no, so... Um, we have tried, uh, with this one particular person that we recently cut off, we did try gray rocking them. Um, now, for those people who don't know what that is, explain that a little bit. So gray rocking is a way to deal with someone who is either narcissistic or has narcissistic tendencies or likes egging you on. We'll do what they can to try to start a fight or rise a response out of you. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that they are narcissistic because they do this, but this is typical of narcissistic behavior, which is why I used that example. 
it, it's it's literally they are egging you on to start a fight and you shut it down. It's like, uh, oh, what's the topic? What's an example? Um, someone trying to tell you how you should parent your special needs child who has absolutely no experience. And they know that it is something you fervently disagree with what they're telling you you have to do and you just don't respond. Yeah. Shut down. A lot of people do this when they're dealing with a narcissistic co-parent. Um, after separation, it's not giving them a response because that's what they're mm-hmm. looking for. They're looking for a response. Gotcha. And you just shut it down. And that's what gray rocking mm-hmm. is. And when they don't get the response they want out of you, sometimes they will escalate and continue to try to get a response. And that's when you can either go low contact or no contact. And sometimes they just stop. Um, in our case, unfortunately, we had to go no contact. And um, that's okay. That's okay. It's for the safety and mental health of the entire family. So it was a necessity. It's an unfortunate necessity when it comes to family. But I'm a firm believer of um, a lot of people don't realize blood is thicker than water is used incorrectly most time. It is not to say that your family is family and friends are friends. The full, um, and I'm paraphrasing because I might be wrong on the actual translation, but the full quote is the blood of the sword or the blood of the covenant, it depends on which version you use, is thicker than the water of the wound, which means the exact opposite of what people use it for. It means the bonds you form in life are stronger than those you are born with. Oh, that's absolutely, absolutely. Like, I know they say blood is thicker than water, but I don't know. You can, you can have cancer of the blood. (laughs) I'm just saying, I'm just saying, and this is like, no, you know, this is not a joke on, as a nurse, this is not a joke to anyone who has a, who has that particular medical condition, but it's like, when you have gangrene, your body starts to get rid of a part of itself. Why? To protect the majority. Your, your body will, like even with frostbite, your body will sacrifice small parts of itself to save itself as a whole. The body is super, all about self-preservation. And that is that is that's where you have to be as far as family and loved ones and friends um, and your mental health, because from what I found out, especially going through my mental health journey, your mental health will be broken down more by people who say I love you than by people you meet on the street. Like, have I been disrespected, you know, and hurt? by things that people have said on the street? Absolutely. Like I was telling you about a situation that happened this morning at my doctor's office. I'm going to stop thinking about that maybe next week, but there is trauma and scars and wounds that I carry around with my, with that I carry around with me from things that family and friends have said to me that I don't speak about it anymore but it it's there. There's a band-aid on it, but it's there, you know? And it probably hurts more because it's from someone who says, I love you. 
it's someone who you trust and someone who is supposed to be part of your support system. And when they turn against you, it cuts deeper because they're closer to stab you in the back. Absolutely. Absolutely. I heard it said like that by my English teacher when I was in high school. Oh, I love that. (laughs) He was great. But it's, you know, and speaking of support systems, your support system does not necessarily have to be family. Most of my support system, we don't share the same blood. Maybe if you went back to like the beginning of time. We're related, but like Pangea back or like how far back we going? (laughs) Probably Pangea back. (laughs) But I mean, because you think about it, and you are part of my support system. Absolutely, my sister. And we we don't even share the same zip code. That's the best part. (laughs) Zip code, area code, state, time zone. Time zone. At least we're in the same country. There we go. That That is one of the biggest pluses because I swear, like, if you were in Switzerland, I'd be like, well, I guess I'm getting on a plane to Switzerland. I heard Switzerland has some great maternity leave, so. Dude, I've heard the same, but let's be honest. I'm not going for the maternity leave. I'm going for the chocolate. I hear, I hear Swiss chocolate is delicious. Oh. The Lindor truffles. Oh, now you make okay. chocolate now. I know. Okay. I'm sorry. We, we are so getting sidetracked on food now. We um, are, but, but okay. But see, I have an excuse. Blame the twins. My man, it's so crazy because they say boys make you hungry. Because I don't remember eating like this when I was pregnant with P, but you were also only pregnant with one when you were pregnant with P, and the boys, exactly. there's two. But I mean, like, I have an excuse too, kind of. I'm still breastfeeding, so. Oh, and breastfeeding requires so many calories. And you do actually get um, cravings when breastfeeding. You can get cravings of missing nutrients. Um, Chocolate is magnesium, correct? um, I think so. I believe chocolate is magnesium. I do believe so. Maybe I just need magnesium. (laughs) (laughs) But um, back onto the support system, um, there's, you know, I have some local support system. I have some across the country. Uh, I have one who lives in Australia. Um, I hope I get to go to Australia one day because that sounds like fun. Anyway, um, but your support system, whether they're, they support you over the phone, they're an ear to vent to, they are... Um, you know, they have ideas like the other day when G had a viral rash, it did turn out to be a viral rash. I texted you a picture and I was like, I don't want to be that mom, but and can you tell me what this rash is? It's like, and that's what you do. Like, that's what you do with your support system. Like, I I will never forget, and unfortunately, yes, I know this is a tangent and super off topic, but that just, it goes to show you how much of a support system you are for me. I remember I, I had that thing on my backside, and I'm like, what's this? <laughs> and it's like, and then after the fact, I was like, hmm, maybe I should have asked her if I could send her a picture of my backside before I did it. 
but it didn't dawn on me beforehand. But also, I mean, as you know, as you being a nurse, I'm like, she's probably seen backsides before. <laughs> Plenty of backsides. <laughs> I started out as a CNA. I have seen and wiped plenty of backsides. But yeah, so, I mean, having the support system is very important for your mental health, for your physical health. Um, I wish wish you were closer because I've seen um, this one thing where uh, I saw it on the Tiki Talk. And um, (laughs) it's two friends. And what they do is they swap childcare. Um, so one mom and her husband will go on a date and the other mom and husband will watch the kids and then, um, they'll swap. And then sometimes it's both moms going out for girls nights and the dads stay home with the children. Um, and sometimes it's both dads going out and the moms stay home with the children. Yeah. Let's be honest. Like if you ever gave me your kids, you'd never give them back. Like I would, I, I, I am here on national podcast radio, like premeditating a crime. Like you would never get your kids back. Like I love your kids. <laughs> you would never get them back. Like you we would, would be, in, we would, would be in Mexico. Back. You, you know you would give X back the moment I, you were sitting down and he just bit a chunk on your knee. I don't know because Brownie does that and I haven't gave, given him up yet. Like, I'm just saying, like, something, or, sometimes you got to take the, you got to take your lumps. Or M, when you get the first $30,000 medical bill that insurance isn't going to pay for. Oh, yeah, don't worry. I'll put her on a plane. Don't you worry. <laughs> you know, like, don't you worry. I forgot I forgot about the medical bills. My insurance is good. It just ain't that good. <laughs> yeah, but, ha- you know, having that support system is always important. I know you're probably going to kidnap my kids one of these days. It's all right. I know where you live. You do. <laughs> you do. It's like, officer, I'd like to report my kids stolen, but I actually know where they are. It's like, so why did you call us again? Wait. Um, But, you know, and it it's this can all you know our friendship and our you know us being each other's support system this goes to show you that you know support can come from the most the most innocent places the most unexpected places i met spice through a friend of a friend of a friend and we were pregnant at the same time and it was kind of like, oh, okay, we're pregnant at the same time, ha. Huh? And then it's like the more and more we talked, and now it's it, it's like I've known you my whole entire life, and you you know some secrets that you're gonna have to take to your grave. I mean, or we're gonna have to do that. Two can keep a secret if one of them are dead. I mean, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever you want to do this. It's like it's nothing. Uh, what what is one of Gibbs' rules? It's um, best way to keep a secret: tell no one. Second best way: tell one person and no one else. There is no third best way. So I'm that second person. Okay, there we go. Like, there we go. I, I like that. Um, but yeah, like you, you can find support. And a lot of the time support comes when you don't even, it's almost like love. It comes when you're not even expecting it from the most unexpected places. And for this particular reason, I, I highly suggest when you you know, especially with like negative family feedback, I'm going to try to find a couple of um, Facebook groups that I'm in that I like, um, that I feel like are safe places and put them on the blog uh, for people to kind of check and parouse. Um, 
it's always very helpful when trying to create your support system. Start with the people that are already there and then kind of cast your net to people who are also in your same situation. Like when I was going through my lactation issues, um, you know, with Spice being a, um, you know, a lactation consultant in training, um, she was, she was, of course, one of the first places I went. And then I went to the internet. Then I went to, you know, my OBGYN. But then I found other people who I'm not going to necessarily say were best friends. But you don't have to be best friends to have a support system. Like, even if it's just you two talking or bouncing ideas off of each other, um, you know, it, that, that too is a support system. Don't think a support system are is like people who are best friends and talk all the time like one of my best friends well not well she's I'm gonna say she's a best friend but yeah I'm gonna say she's a best friend her name's Jay and you know we've been friends for about 12 years but we don't talk every day but when we do talk it's it's like we never left and you know that's what a lot of people don't get um I have a friend like yeah. that. Um, we call her Strawberry. And uh, <laughs> we will literally pick up a conversation from two weeks prior, right where we left off, because one of us had to go deal with either a husband, a kid, a mom, a cousin, a niece, nephew, whatever. We had to go deal with somebody else. So we had to get off the phone. And we'll pick up the phone. We'll pick back up the phone and be like so cows is the birthday theme you know there's a lot of and just keep going with the conversation two weeks later like like I literally hopped off for two seconds to switch devices yeah yeah and I mean that and that is the best kind of support system do not think your support system has to be someone that you talk to every day your support system should just be some like your support system should be someone that you trust that you know that you can say things to without judgment and that you know won't take it into their ear and then send it out their mouth to people who don't need to hear it. Like, granted, I talk to you every day. Um, sisters, besties, whatever you want to call it. I'm going to say sisters. Um, but other people who are my support system, some of my aunts, some of my cousins, my brother, my sister-in-law, um, I don't talk to them every day because as adults and as people in the over 30 club, <laughs> as people in the over 30 club, um, we have lives and we have kids and we have jobs and we're tired. And some of us have bunions and, and <laughs> some, I'm just saying, and sometimes it's just hard to, you know, and then trying to mentally recharge. Like, sometimes it's just hard to carve out that time. But it's such a beautiful thing when you can just get on the phone with someone and you know you won't be judged. And it's like, hey, do you have a, can I, can I borrow a second of your time? Actually, you, you, if they're a support system, you won't even have to really say that. Um, you know, and you can just talk to them and lay everything out and either they know you just want to bounce ideas or you just want to vent or you just want to, you know, laugh or cry or whatever it is. Or celebrate but, little successes. I remember oh God, yeah. 
like calling you and of course you joked about how you needed to stay off the road but when I called you and I was like (laughs) I drove 15 miles today and um for those of you who don't know I am 27 and I'm getting my driver's license for the very first time um and I do not know how to drive other than the few driving lessons I've had and the little bit of practice less than say is like less than 18 hours worth of driving I've done in total in my 27 years of life so and you were like and you didn't crash? Yeah. That's fantastic. Like, like you didn't crash. Like I I fully expect you to like drive over curbs. I'm not even gonna lie to you about that. But but that's oh because God. I mean I've been driving for 16 years and um I I I still might make them wide turns and go whoops as I go over a curb. I mean I just feel like that's a I just feel like, like that's just something that everybody does, but that's just me. I want to say one of the first, one of the um, first incidents um, that I was in the vehicle with when my husband was driving um, was he took a UE two wide Oopsie. and hit the curb and blew out our tire. Oh no! And then we didn't even have a car. We didn't have the proper tire iron because oh, the vehicle no. we had. Um, we had the tire iron that came with the vehicle from like manufacturer, but the rims were racing rims, so the tire iron didn't fit. Oh, geez. Oh. We, it was funny because they were working on the McDonald's where we had pulled over. Um, there, there were some construction guys, and they actually brought their drill out that had the right size. So, oh. off. and so we were saved from calling AAA. won't jesus do it like won't he do it though like right place right time yes but it's like that was the first incident i've ever been in where my husband's driving scared the tar out of me um but so far i haven't hit a curb i've almost hit a building but not a curb okay i feel like i feel like you should I feel like we should aim for 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 curbs, not buildings. I mean, but that's just me. Do look, I am gonna support you no matter what it is you want to do. Like, if you want to take say, out a couple buildings, you do that. <laughs> when, I, when I say I almost hit a building, I was twenty feet away from the building. But oh, oh, you are such you you are such an exaggerator. You're just like the dog. You're just like brownie. <laughs> well. My husband scares the heart of me when I'm driving because he yells, whoa, he doesn't give direction, he doesn't help, none of that, just whoa, which of course freaks me out, and then I either mess up my pedals or I grab the steering wheel and jerk it and just, yeah, no, he, that's why I paid for a driving lesson, well, my mom paid for it, but that's why uh, I'm getting driving lessons. <laughs> he's one of those uh, scary people in the passenger seat, gotcha, gotcha. Well, he hasn't been in the passenger seat for like six years gotcha so he's just not used to seeing things from that side and he has made that very well known but he really wants me to get my driver's license as well so i'm like okay well then i'm gonna need some duct tape because you need to keep your mouth shut if you're not going to provide anything helpful zip it absolutely like and that's and that's the best thing sometimes and it's funny you're uh you you guys paid for uh driving lessons because my grandmother was exactly like that she was like you know yes I've been driving for 40 years um 
but she she was cognizant that she's like, I'm not going to be able to be impartial while teaching you how to drive. Chances are I'm going to yell at you while you drive. And that's not a great way to learn how to drive. So she also a million years ago offered to pay for my driving lessons as well. And I'm super thankful for that. Yeah. And uh, like my husband, my husband did take driving lessons. His driver's ed uh, was taught by cops. And that's the funniest thing to me because I've been in the car with him driving. Um, um, The funniest story he likes to tell about that is when he took his driver's test with police officers, he wore a shirt that said, drive it like you stole it. Oh, no. And he somehow passed his driver's lesson. Look, look. (laughs) There was one time I was visiting a fan. That that reminded me of one time I visited. This is so off topic. I visited a family member in prison um, for their birthday because, you know, I hadn't seen him in like 10 years or whatever the case may be. Right. And the shirt that I decided to wear that day actually said bad decisions make good stories. And all of the corrections officers that saw it thought it was a complete hoot. And I really, I I didn't even, I didn't even think about it when I did it. So I find that so cute that I'm not the only one who does stuff like that. Well, okay. So I have so many shirts that are not appropriate to wear. (laughs) <laughs> in most situations so oh, that's what makes your, that's what makes a wardrobe interesting though. most of them are t-shirts oh I mean there's nothing like uh, a t-shirt and some jeans I'm just throwing that out there oh but um, before we begin to wrap it up I think we should probably talk about how do we deal with people who undermine you and your boundaries besides the gray rocking and the low contact and the no contact and the sticking the boundaries like how do we deal with the underminers because you you know and when i'm talking about the underminers i'm talking about those passive aggressive ones you know the ones i'm talking about yeah so i I have no other advice other than, like, you got to stick with your boundaries. They're going to be passive-aggressive, but even, like, in the scenario where they're like, oh, but it's okay for them to do it here. No. That is when you go, no. This is not something I allow my children to do. This is not something we allow our kids to have. Therefore, it does not matter if it is at your house or at my house or at the White House. They don't get to do this. This is not an item that they're allowed to have. And yes, that's going to make, they will probably make it seem to your children you are being the bad guy. Do not be afraid of being the bad guy. A lot of parents have a big issue. I don't want to be the bad guy. And they just make me feel bad because I said, be the bad guy. Your children do not get to do whatever they want because someone else said they could. Especially when that someone else isn't going to be there to raise, parent, or deal with the repercussions of it. Just had to throw that in there. I'm sorry. 
Exactly. Yeah. The, at the end of the day, yeah, I understand like a lot of it's like, well, I want to spoil my grandchildren. That's a common phrase. You know, you raise your kids so you can spoil your grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand that, but they hype your kids up on sugar and then they send them home. So it is okay to be the bad guy because if you are not the bad guy and you don't put a stop to it, they will run over you and ignore your parenting and you will have to deal with the repercussions because they, you know, you won't let them do something, but grandma and grandpa or aunt and uncle or whoever does let them do that. When you say no to them, Guess who they're going to call? They're gonna, Who are they going to call? They're, they're going to call that person that's going to let them get away with everything. Oh, absolutely. 1,000%. And you it's all fun. Young. You establish do. Those young. And you are their parent. You can limit the access to that person who is not going to respect your boundaries until they learn to respect the boundaries. Absolutely. That is... Um, that is where the low contact thing comes in. Absolutely. And I've even had to engage on the low income, the, the low contact. Um, first of all, cause low contact allows you to recharge. Like sometimes with these situations, recharging is an absolute must and low contact allows you that time in between to recover. Okay. Like you, sometimes it's just needed, but in a way, it also does establish a boundary because it's like, if you can't respect my boundaries, you can't respect my rules, you can't respect my decisions, you know what you lose. You may not lose anything monetarily. You may not lose any sleep over it, but you do lose access to me. And a lot of people, and that means a lot more to, to, to people than, than people actually think. When you no longer have access to somebody it shows how powerless you are and so many people don't like or appreciate that but of course that's just another form of hey i cannot manipulate you so i'm mad about it exactly and you know that that will definitely will definitely go more into the you know what it means to be doing it on your own and having to set those boundaries in another episode. Um, but we do need to start wrapping up and. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So with that being said, um, let's just take this little bit of time to, to kind of recap, <sighs> create that support system, guys, stick to your boundaries, stick to your guns, like sometimes it, it sometimes it is okay to walk away from an argument. It 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 is it it's nothing to walk away from an argument. It is okay to have that moment where you're disrespected by somebody and you kind of ghost them and you recharge and you think about it and that also gives them time to think about it so nobody says anything when they're not level headed. Um low contact, no contact is it, 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 it's a punishment, um, because contact with you is a right. Um, you know, privilege, it is not, there we go. It is not, it is not a right. It's a privilege. My apologies. Thank you for catching that. It it is the privilege, not a right. Um, 
and you're worth more than being degraded by others. Like just, just straight up, just, just, just straight like that. And it doesn't um, matter who they are, whether they are family, friends, or a total stranger. You are worth having peace in your mental health. Absolutely, because peace over everything. Oh my goodness! Um, and you know, it's so crazy. Because uh, when I was when I was sixteen, I knew everything, and then when I was eighteen, I knew everything. Then I was twenty five, I knew everything. Go on, so on and so forth. And now that I am the age that I am now. The only thing that is important to me, girl, I know nothing. And the most important, like I used to think this was important or that was important. And the only thing that's important to me now is my peace. It's the only, and you know, and we'll be talking about that next week as well. We're, we're going to, we're going to talk about uh, single parents by choice, single parents and parenting while married. Um, Parenting singly while married and um, single parents, married single parenting. And that is more of a reason why I became a single mother by choice for the simple fact that my peace is so important and good God, somebody dumped toxic waste in the dating pool. I'm just going to say that. Um, But that's neither here nor there. Um, But as usual, everybody please feel free to click that link that is in the information tab. It'll take you over to our, um, it'll take you over to our blog where you can kind of see a recap, see uh, links. We're going to get some recipes up there. And currently we are having a giveaway for a breast slash chest feeding uh, gift set. We are doing the raffle for that on August 4th. I believe it's August 4th. It's the first Friday in August. Yes, August 4th, we will be announcing the winner of the raffle. So please get your entries in by August 3rd so that uh, you make sure you have a chance to get the breastfeeding kit. Absolutely. It's like, so get those entries in. We're going to throw them in a hat and we're going to pick it out. Um, You're not, when you sign up, you're not signing up for like a newsletter or anything like that. We don't like doing that. Um, You're literally just signing up so that you can, we can put your entry in the hat. Um, and if you are more curious about what we're talking about as far as this breastfeeding kit, please feel free to go back to episode one where we do um, talk about chest feeding, breastfeeding, and, you know, what happens when your nips don't work like mine don't. Um, yeah. Uh, so feel free to visit us on our blog and check out, just just check it out, just browse. So remember, guys, sometimes parenting is messy. And that's okay. Bye.